Hello, Calvary family. My name is Ethan Carney, and as you all know, I am Pastor Michael's son. Um, I came to Calvary with my family after Hurricane Katrina, and um, I've been here for quite a while. I started here in kindergarten, and I went all the way through school uh, until seventh grade here, um, when I then transferred in eighth grade to Holy Cross, and finished high school at Holy Cross and now I'm going off to college. My name is Anaya Jones. I've been at Calvary for five years now. Hi, my name is Bailey. I've been coming to Calvary since I was a freshman. Um, I originally got invited by my friend Emily and me starting to come to Calvary led to me coming to summer camp and uh, that was a really inspirational time um, because I had given myself to Christ while we were on that trip and then when we came back I got baptized and the rest is history. A word I would use to describe Calvary is love because everybody here is so open and when I first started coming here I was very scared because I thought that people wouldn't like me or that people would already like who had known each other for years would just have their little cliques but everybody welcomed me with open arms and they still treat me the same way to this day. A word that I would say describes my time here is family. I think that's a good word to describe it because ever since I've come here, um, I've just been accepted, I've been helped, I've been led um, by so many different people and um, it's this one big network and this one big family and nurturing environment and I'm so glad that I was able to come here and learn and grow my faith, grow closer to God. I'm so thankful for everyone that's God, that God has put in my life through here at Calvary. I would say fun, um, spiritual, and healing. Um, those words because Calvary, first of all, Calvary is really fun to be at. It's really a really good environment to be in. And I just feel I grew closer to God within my time at Calvary. One thing I've grown into is more into my faith. I wasn't that religious person in middle school, but come eighth grade year when I first came to Calvary, i grown more into my faith since then. If you look back at me those past five years, you'll see a very different person. Biggest moment, like I said, was vacation Bible school. So in first, second, and third grade, I really um, was starting to be able to think for myself um, as a little kid, starting to ask myself, you know, what does it mean to have a relationship with Jesus? What does it mean that he died to save me of my sins? And it was really at this vacation Bible school, I remember distinctly talking with Pastor Stephen at the time. And um, I just remember the worship and everything was pulling me. I felt called in my heart and my soul to ask Jesus to be my savior. And shortly after, after talking to Pastor Stephen, after talking to my parents, I got baptized. Another big moment in my faith year was camp last year because after COVID and the pandemic, I saw myself losing my faith and slowly slipping away. And so getting together with the people who I hadn't seen in a while and growing in our faith together really helped me continue to strive to be better. A really big spiritual moment for me was during VBS, my ninth grade year, volunteering, helping the kids, seeing the kids grow closer in faith made me want to do the same thing. Growing up here, going to school here, being in youth group here um, has really prepared me to reflect that Jesus is my savior through my actions. And um, outside of Calvary, at my school, at sporting events, at all these things, I've met people 
who claim the name of Jesus, but their actions don't really show it. And so as I go into the next chapter, as I meet new people, as I experience new things, I want to make sure that that is a reflection of my faith and um, everything, all the values that Calvary has instilled in my life. Man, that'll bless you, won't it? Calvary family, that's a reflection of you as a church investing in the next generation, in this generation of students. You get a snapshot um, out of a few of our students just telling you how you as a church have influenced and impacted their lives um, for Jesus in very significant ways. It's why we do what we do. But you also today get to see the reality that each one of these students that we will acknowledge today as a part of our family of faith, you, we as a church and as a school have had a direct impact in their life for Jesus. And so I'm excited today to spend this time recognizing you guys as you get ready to graduate from high school. Um, I'm excited not only about who you are today, but who you're going to be in the future. I'm very, very thankful for you. Um, today I've written something for you, so um, I hope that after we acknowledge you, you don't fall asleep, right? Because I've got something very special for them. But Calvary family, we want to recognize this year's graduating class of high school seniors. Pastor Noah, you've done an excellent job, you and your wife, of serving here as student pastor and investing in them, making sure they, they have a real relationship with Jesus. So I'm going to let you do the honors of just introducing each one of them. And church family, you're in for a treat today for each one of these students. This is a special group of students, all of you, and very thankful for you today. It is such a special group of students. I'm so proud of each of you guys and the, the person that God is shaping you to be. And we're so excited to watch in your future as we continue to be a resource for you. Um, we're, not, we're not going anywhere. We'll still be here no matter where you go um, so that you can continue to follow Jesus uh, together in the future. So let's recognize our class of 2022 graduates. Our first graduate that we want to recognize, let's give it up for Mr. Ethan Carney. <laughs> Ethan, you've become just such a special person of such high character, and you've grown so much in your time here, and um, I'm just so excited for your future and everything that comes ahead. So let's give it up one more time for Ethan. All right, our next graduate is Miss Anaya Jones. Let's give it up for her. And I, the, the word that I think about when I think about you and how you've been in our student ministry is just joy. Always joyfully being here, having fun, loving your church. And so um, we're just so excited for you. Let's give it up for Naya. Our next graduate is Andre Lee. Come on, Andre, let's give it up for him. Me and Andre go way back to when... He was here at Calvary Baptist School. So proud of you, so excited for your future. Let's give it up for him. Next is Miss Bailey Moore. Let's give it up for Bailey. Bailey, we've seen you grow so much in your time here. Um, I can, I mean, it takes me back literally to the day that you got baptized and um, it was such an awesome experience and we're just so excited that we've been here for you and we wanna continue in the future. So let's give it up for Bailey. Next is Gabe Olivier. Come on, Gabe, let's give it up for him. 
Gabe, I just appreciate it so much that you're passionate at everything you get in with. Every single thing possible, Gabe is passionate about it. We love you. We're praying for you as you take this next step. Let's give it up for Gabe one more time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, Miss Sophia Paz, let's give it up for her. Me and Sophia and our other students spent so much time in our student band singing every single week, and um, those are just amazing memories. I'm so glad that we have. So let's give it up one more time for Miss Sophia. Next, we have Miss Carmen Podesclo. Give it up for Carmen. Carmen's been involved in just so much stuff that we've done over the years, and um, it's just been such a joy to see you grow into the person you are, and um, we're so proud of you. So give it up for Carmen. All right, next, Miss Veronica Trice. Let's give it up for her. What you guys might not know is uh, Veronica almost every week is keeping my daughter um, over, over there while we're in church. And uh, I just appreciate that so much. And the person that you become, we're so excited for. Let's give it up for Veronica. All right, next, Connor Trosclair. Give it up for Connor. Come here, Connor. Come here. <laughs> Connor, we love you. Um, we think the world of you. I can't wait to see what you do throughout your life. You're such an intelligent person, and we're so glad that you've been a part of our youth group, and uh, we're here for you. So let's give it up for Connor one more time. All right, and last but not least, Mr. Nahum Varela. Come on, Nahum. Give it up for him. Nahum, man, it's, it's just crazy how much you've matured since the time. We got to spend a lot of time when you're in eighth grade here at Calvary Baptist School. And I'm just so excited for your future and everything God has for you. So let's give it up for Nahum one more time. Church, isn't this an awesome group of graduates? I mean, isn't this an amazing group? Let's give it up for all of our 2022 graduates one more time. So proud of you guys. So proud. We are super proud of this class. They have a tremendous amount of accomplishment amongst all of them. But this class, each and every one of them, um, you've been directly impacted by Calvary, by the people out here, your family, um, your family of faith. And you've been taught the truth. Um, you've grown up with the truth. And that's a big deal as you move ahead. We're so proud of you. Pastor Noah, I want us to pray over them like we do. And so... Um, students, I'm going to get you guys to kind of make a semicircle, move in a little closer, Pastor Noah. Um, we're going to be able to pray for you guys. And church family, um, I want you to pray along with us as well because this is an important milestone for these students. So um, I'll start. and Pastor Noah, you'll close. And we'll just thank the Lord today. Let's pray together, church family. Father in heaven, we thank you for markers in our lives like this one. Um, we're all reminded of those moments where... We cross the threshold from high school to college or high school to life. And um, we look back on that and we're so grateful for this reminder today of how special and important those moments are. Thank you for these high school graduates today. They are each so wonderfully made and unique by you. You have spoken to each of their hearts and you are guiding their steps perfectly. God, I pray 
today over them, that you will protect each of them. God, I pray today that you will speak clearly and guide each of them. God, I pray over each of them that they will be wise enough to listen to you. And would you bless their lives so that in this world they will make a difference very clearly for your name, Jesus. Bless the homes that they came from, the families that they represent, and would you bring good things for them in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for each one of these graduates. Thank you for the way that you've woven their story in with the story of Calvary, how each of them are a part of us. And I just pray as they move to their new chapter in life that, God, you would give them wisdom, you would guide them, you would protect them, you would bless them, you would help them as they navigate life. And um, I pray that always we would be a resource and we as a church would be um, continuing to help them as they move through life's journey. I pray that as they move forward into college, it would be a time in career, it would be a time that they would grow in their faith like never before. That it wouldn't be a time to lose their faith, but it would be a time to push forward even more the life that you have given them. Father, we thank you for each of these graduates and what they mean to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give them a hand, Calvary family. If you are family here today, parents, family, would you stand up? If you represent one of these graduates, they belong to you or they're in your home. Would you stand up as well? Calvary family, I want you to see um, these parents and families as um, they have been a part of this. Thank you. What a special, special moment and group of students that we have. Wow. Man, that, that is fantastic. Um, likewise, um, perhaps some, some of you as well, you're, you're graduating from college. We want to recognize you, maybe uh, graduate work, postgraduate work, um, some other accomplishment. If you've achieved that, would you just stand up for just a minute? I, I want to acknowledge this, this milestone for you as well. Anybody else, you're like, thank you, Lord, I finally finished that degree, right? Anybody else? Well, look, it is a wonderful day to celebrate the accomplishments of these students and their families. And honestly, you, we, us together as a church, because as a church, this is part of why we do what we do. We invest in students and in the next generation to plant that seed of faith inside of their lives very deliberately. And for each of these students that you've seen today, um, I know and am thankful that for each of them, it's been a very direct planning of the word of God in their lives. So let's thank the Lord for them one more time. Now, there are a lot of accomplishments that each of them have attained. And so um, we're super proud of them. Today, I've, I've written a message for you guys. So... I'm going to ask you to pay attention, right? But grown-ups, you can learn too. Um, we all can learn. I'm going to start a series today on, on the family of faith. We say that a lot around here. We are a family of faith on mission with Jesus to change our world. But what does a family of faith look like? What are we trying to accomplish together as a family of faith? And, and honestly, what does your family look like? What are the things in your home that you're planting in the lives of your students, your spouse, those that you care about around you. Um, what does it mean to be a part of something very special like our family of faith? Today, uh, we're going to go to the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 28. So go ahead and grab your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 28. 
We're going to look at a story today out of the life of one of these characters. This guy was a character. His name is Jacob, and he was a character. Um, a matter of fact, his name, Jacob, that's what it means. It means character. It really means trickster because he was a trickster. Um, you actually translate his name trickster or scoundrel. So how would you like to walk around somebody calling you a scoundrel, right? That's what Jacob's name meant. And there's a reason that his name meant that. He earned that reputation. <laughs> he lived up to his name. We're going to look at that in Genesis chapter 28 today. Before we dive in, uh, let me just tell you, um, thank you for working so hard to get into church today. It was raining here. For those of you online, you may have stayed home because you're like, I'm not getting out in this. Boy, it was, it was a special day we had planned for families all morning long. And gosh, it just started raining hard sideways. And, and I'm so grateful that you all were able to make it. The next few weeks at Calvary are really big. Next week's Mother's Day. So just like today, we've honored our graduates. Next week's Mother's Day, we have baby dedication next week. So let me encourage you, next week, be in church. The weather's going to be better. I'm praying in Jesus' name already, right? You can pray along with me. It's going to be a beautiful Mother's Day next week. The following week, May the 15th, is our Calvary Open House Crawfish Boil. And that's where we're going to have a time of celebration in here. Um, we've invited people from all around who want to see, who are able to see all of God's faithfulness during this whole season of life and what we've done to accomplish that. And we're having a crawfish boil. So let me be really clear. Um, we're having a crawfish boil if you buy tickets for a crawfish boil because we want to be prepared. Um, it would be a shame to order a thousand pounds of crawfish, 1500 pounds of crawfish and 10 people show up because I'd hate to out eat everybody on that deal, right? Make sure you get your tickets. You can start today. Don't wait till the day of. Go on and get your tickets for that. Let's say you say, well, I'm not eating crawfish. Well, we got other great Cajun treats, Cajun cooking, food, because it's going to be a celebration. The next two weeks are wonderful celebrations. Go ahead and get your tickets today. You can do that at our welcome desk in the back. Make sure you go on and sign up. Get those done. And we're excited about it. You know, and here's the thing. We're going to use that day as a day of giving and celebration, a day of celebrating what God has done and, and giving for the reality that we've used all of our opportunity resources, like I said last week, to rebuild this place. That's a big deal when you think about in New Orleans. A lot of churches haven't. You have. And so we're going to give the, that day to give us a boost in our offering from being faithful through our deductible process and all of our work to move this church forward. And why? Well, not only to celebrate and have a good time and celebrate the facility. Why? Because of what you just saw. Lives that are impacted directly. Genesis chapter 28 gives us an example of one of those lives. Genesis 28 verse 10. This is the story of Jacob after he did something really, really bad. <laughs> Have you ever had a moment in your life where you did something that's like, oh, that wasn't good. Well, that's what Jacob did. He had earned his name. And this is what happens after that moment. Jacob departed. He's running away. He's running away because he made somebody really upset that was going to take his life. And so he's running from the problem. Jacob departed. And he departed from Beersheba and he went toward Haran. He came to a certain place 
and he spent the night there because the sun had set. He took one of the stones of the place and he put it under his head and he laid down in that place. Now, now picture this for just a moment. Um, he's not stopping, you know, at the Holiday Inn Express to be able to catch a night's rest. He doesn't have the resource. He doesn't have the money. He stopped because he's running so fast, so furious from his past that he goes all day long and it's dark and he's so broke that what he has to lay down on for his pillow is a rock. That's how bad this circumstance is that he's found himself in. This is what happens when he lays down. Verse 12, he had a dream and behold, a ladder was set on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give it to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south. And in you and in your descendants shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he said this, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. He was afraid, and he said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning and he took the stone that he had put under his head and he set it up as a pillar and he poured oil on its top. He called the name of that place Bethel. However, previously the name of the city had been Luz. Then God made a vow saying, then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me on this journey that I take, and will give me food to eat and garments to wear, and I return to my father's house in safety, then the Lord will be my God. The stone which I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give back to you a tenth. Now this story about Jacob is preceded by some pretty dramatic events. Jacob was raised in a dysfunctional family. Now, for all of us, what happens in life is we get great opportunities and also with great opportunities come great challenges. Students, that's going to be true for you. Great opportunities and great challenges. You might look back on where you were raised or what you're growing up in and you might look at that and go, I'm ready to get out of this and to strike out on my own. 
Perhaps some of you who were students at one time, you can remember that. I'm ready to get on with my life, right, and do it my way because I don't want to do it mom and dad's way. The family that Jacob grew up in was divided. Uh, Jacob's mom liked him the best. And Jacob's dad liked Jacob's brother the best. And it created a lot of tension in their home. And this family, as they begin to try to work that out, Jacob, whose name is trickster, supplanter, who's a scoundrel, Jacob did something. You see, the tradition of those days was that the oldest in the household, the firstborn child, was the one that would be receiving the blessing and the birthright. Now, it wasn't just that they got more stuff. It wasn't that they just got the inheritance, more of the inheritance. With the blessing and the birthright in that culture, what it meant was the firstborn was responsible for taking care of all of the family. They had more responsibility. Jacob, though, he didn't want the responsibility. He just wanted the money. He just wanted the title. He wanted the blessing of the family and the birthright. So they came up with this plan, he and his mother. Hey, your father's old. Let's dress you up. Let's make you smell like your brother. Your father can't see. Let's go in there and steal his blessing and his birthright. And so Jacob and his mom come up with this plan. You've probably read it and heard it before. And they go in to his father, Isaac. And with his father, he can't see. He can hear, he can smell, but he doesn't really know who's in front of him. So he goes through this whole process. You sound like your brother Esau. Now you sound like Jacob, but you feel like your brother Esau. You smell like your brother Esau. Well, you must be Esau. And so Isaac mistakenly at that time gives the blessing and the birthright to Jacob. Well, imagine what you would feel like if you're Esau, the older brother. Esau finds out. He's hurt. When you're hurt, you get angry. When you get angry, you begin to threaten. And Jacob realized, and Jacob's mother realized, uh-oh, Esau's mad, and he's probably going to take out vengeance. And the only thing Jacob could do in this transition point of his life is run away. And that's what Jacob and his mother agreed to. Look, go over here to one of your uncles, go far away, because Esau's going to get you, and he's going to get you for what you did to him. And that's where we pick up and where we read today. Life brings transition moments, students. You're in a transition moment right now. The reality is, in transition moments, um, they may be good moments, or they may be moments where you're launching out for the wrong reasons. You may be running from something, or you may be wanting to get a fresh start, a new beginning. We all have those. Grown-ups, we have those. We look back and we see those moments. What do you do with a transition moment? You see, in these moments when you get something like what you have before you, um, it can be a moment that starts for you something fresh, good, new, an opportunity to accomplish things that no one thought you could, a chance to refresh your name, your character, your direction. You have these moments. We all do. And when we get those moments, 
It's wise to be able to pay attention to them and to be able to use them to change the direction that we were headed. Jacob has that. Today, I want to talk to you about this first part of being in the family of faith because students, um, and also for all of us as a church, parents, um, siblings who are listening today, um, all of us, those of you online, there is a reality that in the family of faith, there's a lot of emphasis on moments where we can see and hope and believe in a better future. Today, when you think about your students, what you're really thinking about moms, dads, families, church family, is we believe in your future. We believe that whatever has happened in your past is a part of your story, but it doesn't define your story. It's a part of your story that can motivate you, that can encourage you. Some of it's going to be good and some of it's going to perhaps be challenging. But you do not have to let it define you. Whatever has got you to this moment where you stand in this transition stage of life, and perhaps that's for some of us as grown-ups, doesn't matter what the age would be. You stand in a moment where you look at your past, you're in this moment of looking toward your future, your past and the broken moments and the challenges, they don't define you. They are something that can launch you and help you seize a better future. And in a family of faith, we all want a future that's worth believing in. Today, I want to talk to you students about a future that's worth believing in. I mean, the truth is we believe in things that are going to happen that don't happen. And we get disappointed, discouraged. Um, Jacob was trying to make a future happen, and he almost messed up his entire life plan, his entire goal. These things happen. They are a real part of life. But to have a future that's worth believing in, the foundation for all of us today is this realization that there is a God who knows the plans that he has for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans to prosper you, not to harm you. They are plans to give you hope. And he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, to give you what? A future. What kind of future? Perhaps we all know of people who had great transition moments in their lives, moments where they looked to a future and then they launched into that future opportunity, perhaps the wrong way, and they lost it all. They were challenged. They went into a new opportunity and maybe they chose the wrong person to be involved with them in that or they made a bad decision and things began to crumble. Jacob had that happening at this moment in his life. But God reminded him with a rock and a ladder in the middle of the night when he had nothing that this transition moment was so important because it was going to teach him this life lesson. And I know perhaps some of you didn't bring a pencil or a notebook, but maybe you have your phone. I want you to write this down because this will help you, not only high school students going to college, military, other opportunities, this will help you in life. And adults, family of faith, this will help us as well. Here's the lesson. 
It is the Lord God who is with you wherever you go. It is the Lord God who is with you wherever you go. This is what God needed Jacob to understand before anything else could happen in his life that would turn his direction from destruction, from trickster, from scoundrel, to somebody to be admired, to model after, to have a life-changing relationship with God. It happened right here on a rock with a ladder in the middle of the night when he had nothing before he went out and achieved something. God needed him to understand it is the Lord God who is with you wherever you go. Your parents have taught you this. This church has taught you this. Family of faith, we emphasize this every week. And perhaps you're not a graduate, but you're walking today through life. It is the Lord God, and you need this. You need to know this because this is the anchor for your future as you move ahead. It is the Lord God who is with you. He is with you wherever you go. Jacob needed that because he was coming out of a season of brokenness, bad decisions. He was just mean. He was deceitful. He was arrogant. He was willing to hurt people to get what he wanted. That's who he was. And God was with him then, got his attention now so that he could change his direction for the future. Knowing that it is God who is with you, students, as you go to college, the military, other opportunities, is very important for you to know. And there's a few things that I think we can learn today from Jacob. I want you to write these down as well. Since it is the Lord, God, who is with you wherever you go, here's how you can achieve the right direction as a part of this family of faith and the family of faith that you will build in your future, because it's the Lord God who is with you, serve him. Serve him first and foremost. Why? Because he is the one who is at the top of the ladder that you are trying to climb. Grown-ups, that's a good one for us. It is the Lord God who is at the top of the ladder that we're all trying to climb. Listen, your next chapter of life for many of us, we understand this because we were in your shoes, is all about what will you achieve? Where will you will go to school? What you will accomplish while you're at that school? What you will do after that school or after that training or after that certification? Where are you going to head? And in this world, many times people get this thing in their mind where they think if you achieve certain levels of financial independence, education, other things that you do, that is what you are living for. But that's not what you're living for. Those things are good and they are going to happen, but if you want to really experience what all of those things are intended for, there is a God who is with you, 
who has orchestrated every step of your life. He knows the plans that he has for your future. If you use whatever it is that he has given to you, military opportunities for some of you that are going into boot camp soon, Junior college opportunities, college opportunities. Some of you, you're, you're, you're going after job opportunities. Listen, serve the Lord with what you've been given. Serve the Lord in that. What do you mean? Serve the Lord as a soldier? Absolutely. It is the Lord who is at the top of the ladder that you're shooting for. If it's a rank, if it's a job, if it's a school, a degree, an opportunity, maybe a financial goal that you have. Maybe it's a, a, a person that you want to meet and you want to get married and start a family. Listen, all of those things fall into place when you realize it's the Lord who has it all set up. He knows the plans that he has for you. And if you will serve him. Now, that does not mean be Pastor Michael or Pastor Noah or any of your others. Although for some of you, it might turn into that at one point or another. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about serving the Lord by being a priest or a pastor or a servant of the church. I'm talking about many of you, you have job direction, skills, talents that are taking you in worldly great opportunities. Do not exclude God from that. The world needs you, needs us, church, to live out the opportunities that he has given us to serve him. And too many people, students, use moments like this to climb a ladder that doesn't exist. Or when they get to the top of the ladder of the corporation the job opportunity, the promotion. They achieve something on this earth with a ladder that is made of this earth, but they're still empty, unsatisfied, need more, still feel hopeless. Why? Well, it's been said before that sometimes you climb a ladder and you realize the ladder was on the wrong wall. What would it feel like to climb the ladder and get to the top only to realize once you've achieved, you didn't achieve what you thought you were achieving? If your hope is in the ladder of this world, then you will burn your energy, time, your parents' money to begin with, and you will try to achieve things of this world that will not satisfy and let you down. However, if you will recognize that the opportunities that you have now have been given to you by the Lord who is with you right now and will be with you wherever you go. And you will commit today, students listen very closely, to serve him wherever you go because you're acknowledging he's the one that has the top of the ladder. He's the one that's at the top of the ladder of where you're trying to go. So if you strive to get to the top of the ladder with him, in your relationship with him, in the opportunities that he has given you, if you will strive to focus on him, then you will be successful in all of the other things that God gives you. You will succeed because you've made God the one at the top of the ladder that you're chasing, 
not anyone else, not any other opportunity. God has a way, listen very closely, of blessing those who put him at the top of everything they do, who acknowledge him in everything they do. And Jacob has this moment where the angels are ascending and descending this ladder. He has this dream and he realizes God's at the top of the ladder. I need to serve him. That one thing, if you read the rest of the story, would change his future. That one thing will change your future. He's with you. But don't walk out of the church today or into your degree plan next week, next year, next opportunity, and leave him out of your equation for success. Don't climb a ladder that's not going to get you where you want to be. Whatever it is that he's given you, acknowledge him, serve him by giving your best in what you've been given, and give your best and tell him, God, I'm doing this for you. Be with me. And that's the first step towards success. You got it? Let me give you another one. Number two, not only serve him, seek him. Seek him. You will find him in the house of God. High school students getting ready for college, college students that are listening, seek the Lord and you will find the Lord in the house of God. Let me break this down for you as simply as I possibly can. Most students walk out of great churches, great families, great homes that love them, taught them the truth, taught them about God, pointed them in the right direction. And they stand on the precipice of moments just like what you stand on right now. And when they get out there with their friends and their freedom and their independence with a future that is great, they fall off the wagon. They fall off a cliff. And one of the telltale signs of young people in this generation is that most students raised in God-fearing, godly environments and homes and churches, when they get to college, they lose it all. And the telltale sign is they quit going to church. If you want to succeed, and I'm telling you now, I know there will be late Saturday nights for those of you who are students, right? Those of you who are grown-ups, you have no excuse. Those of you who are students, I know there will be long study sessions. I know those of you who are athletes, there will be busy weekends and games and practices. I know you're going to be tired. I know your friends are going to think you're a nerd or that you're one of those people and they might make fun of you. But listen very closely. I want to share with you in all spiritual wisdom and truth and love from the bottom of my heart. Get your butt up and go to church on Sunday morning. In Jesus' name. Jacob named the place where he was Bethel. Bethel. In Hebrew, Bethel means house. Bethel of God. Bethel. In other words, you want to know where God is? 
You're not going to find him by skipping a good Bible teaching church that provides you with friendships and community and Bible study and opportunities to worship and engage yourself in the truth. Because you're going to get enough of all of the other world out there Monday to Saturday. You're going to get that. There are people who are going to challenge your faith and tell you you don't know what you're talking about. Your parents didn't know what they were talking about. Your pastor didn't know it that he was talking about. There are people that are going to challenge your foundation. It's going to happen. But listen, go to the house of God. You will meet God in the house of God. Now, I realize theologically, very clearly, that a church is a church building and that the house of God is our heart. I realize that. I understand our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But part of feeding your spirit is going to a Bible teaching church with people who will stand with you and point you to the God who is always with you. And there are these moments where you may not feel like going to church or you may feel like something happened or you've got your freedom. Don't be a Jacob. Jacob was running. Jacob was heading the wrong direction. And what did God do for him because God was with him? Let me remind you, seek the Lord because you will find God at Bethel. You will find God by being actively involved in the house of God. That's not only good for you as students, that's good for all of us. That's good for all of us in the midst of a pandemic. You realize one of the most dangerous places to go that has been told, by, told to us by the world today? The church. And if we can get our culture to believe that, which is what has happened, the church is the most dangerous place in the world, well, then people stop going. And when you stop going to the house of God, you stop hearing from God. Because you're not intended to be out there alone by yourself. Even, even last night, it was funny because there was this political event where a lot of people from all backgrounds were gathered and they made sure that everybody knew, oh, but we're all vaccinated and we're all boosted and, and we're all here together and we're all doing this in the face of another one of those waves of the sickness. You know, the reality is the world is going to teach you to run from God. Run to God. Run to the house of God. Don't buy into those lies out there that will keep you from your relationship with God. You grow in your relationship with God when you're in a good, solid Bible teaching church that feeds you your spirit and points you toward him and the truth of his word and your relationship with him. Seek the Lord and get up and go to church. You got it? Number three, remember him. Remember him. The Lord is with you wherever you go, so you serve him in whatever you do. You seek him as you go through life, but you remember him along the way. You are going to be successful. If you put your mind to it, you're going to accomplish things. You're going to go to schools. You're going to go from there to another school. Or you're going to achieve something in wherever you go. You focus on it, you're going to get it. And here's what happens for most people. They love the Lord early on, and then they get one taste of freedom, one taste of success. 
They begin to relegate him. They begin to put the ladder of success as the foremost thing of their lives. And they start climbing it. And the more they go up the ladder, the more that's demanded of them. And the more that's demanded of them in their studies, in their energy, in their finance, in their ability. The more that's demanded, the less they have to give to the Lord. So the less they give and the less that they're involved. And then the more that they achieve, the more that they try to achieve more. This is the way the world works. This is what happens to a lot of people. And the more that they achieve then something happens through this opportunity of achievement and blessing. Something begins to happen where we begin to think, well, then I don't need as much of the Lord. I don't need Bible study. I don't, I don't need to go to church as often. I'm too busy. I, I know enough as it is. I've got so much responsibility. And they forget the one who gave it all to them in the first place. If you want to really experience life and be successful where you go, remember the Lord because he is the one who has given it to you. And the way that you remember him is you set up pillars to mark his faithfulness along your way. Set up pillars to mark God's faithfulness along your way. Jacob takes the stone. That he's sleeping on. And he takes the stone the next day and he sets up a pillar. A pillar is a marker in your life. Kind of like what we did today for you as graduates. Moments that you'll have markers where you've accomplished something. Or where God has gotten your attention. Or where God has given you a new opportunity. That's a moment. Mark that moment. Remember that moment. Use that moment as a motivator for you to say, you know, I'm headed this direction. Pillars marked special moments. They marked directional changes. Think about it. Jacob had a directional change. He knew where he was going. He was going to his uncle Laban's house to dwell and to be safe. But this pillar moment didn't mark necessarily a change of the location. But it did mark a change of direction in his heart. Bethel. He met with God. And because he met with God, that changed what would happen. By the way, Jacob goes from this moment. Listen very closely because I think this is fascinating. This is fascinating for any of us. Jacob goes from this moment of being homeless and broke. You see that he's homeless and broke and afraid to becoming one of the most successful business people in the world at that time. He's going to a wealthy uncle who knew how to herd and breed and own flocks and sheep and all that. He's going to him and he goes to him and he learns some business principles while he's there along the journey. And as he learns these business principles, he learns how to do it better. And over time, he becomes so good that even his uncle Laban goes, wait a minute, no, 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 you can't be that good. Why not? You can't arrive at this and become bigger than me. Why not? God has blessed me. But I'm going to tell you a secret. God did that for Jacob and for Jacob alone because Jacob remembered God. 
Jacob didn't leave God out of his plans for life. Jacob had God at the center of his plans for life. And because Jacob acknowledged the Lord was with him, Jacob was successful. He set up pillars, markers, moments along the way where he was willing to say, God, I remember you. God, I remember what you've done. God, I know what you're doing. God, I remember that you're with me. Students, write that down. This may even be your moment where you launch into something new, a new future, a new opportunity. Remember the Lord is with you. Remember that he has been faithful in the midst of whatever it is you've gone through or been through. Remember him. And when you remember him, then you have him on your side blessing what you're about. Here's the last thing and I'm done. I know you're ready to stop listening, stop taking notes, but I appreciate you listening very closely even to this last thing. And this one's going to be a little old school for you, okay? So you're going to hear this one, you're going to go, I don't know a thing about this one. But there are a lot of people around you who understand this one very well. Not only do you serve the Lord with whatever gifts and calling he's placed on your life, you seek him by making sure you are faithful in going to church. Remember him. Don't forget him when you're out there on your own achieving and striving. Remember him and his faithfulness to you. Honor him. Make sure that in your life, whatever he gives you and whatever you have going on, honor the Lord by giving back to him who gives you everything you have. Honor the Lord by giving back to him of everything you have. Jacob goes on this journey. Jacob knows that God's at the top of the ladder. Jacob remembers Bethel, house of God. Jacob sets up pillars. He puts up a stone, pours oil on it so that he can remember God showed me the way God was directing my path God was with me and if he's with me then he's with me now Jacob did all of that but Jacob also honored God this is what he said to God this is fascinating he said God of everything that you give to me you're going to be with me on the journey if you'll protect me, if you'll bring me back here, if you'll be with me, everything that you give to me, not only will you be my God, but I will give you a tenth of everything I have. One tenth of everything I have. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not just speaking to the students here. Here is your first biblical picture of making sure that you honor God with a tithe. A tithe. Of what you have. Why is that important? Why is making sure that you honor God out of what he gives to you? And Jacob says, I'm going to give you a tenth, a tithe. Why is that important? Jacob becomes one of the most incredibly successful people in his culture. God even said to him, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless the people around you. I'm going to bless your family, your family to come. I'm going to bless you generationally beyond this. People of all the earth will be blessed in you, which is a testimony to faith. That chapter is written throughout all of Scripture. This is the, one of the first 
reminders that God would give to all the people who trust in the Lord God of Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will be blessed because they trust in him. But all of that snowball in their life begins to roll because one man said, God, with all the success, with all the opportunity, with all of the blessing, I will make sure that whatever you give me, I will honor you with it by giving you a tenth. Now, for some of you, that may be a dollar. Because <laughs> in college, you're going to be living on Taco Bell. I get it. You know, it may be a dollar. Out of that dollar, just think of it this way. Ten cents belongs to Jesus. Find that good church. And out of that dollar that you get, drop a dime in the plate. For some of you, it's going to be $10. And you're going, all right, I took algebra and calculus and all that in, in school. I get it. I know you did. And you're probably going to take some more. Some of you are going to be NASA scientists. And some of you, um, who knows, you might be the next Elon Musk. Or you might be the next politician. But there's a lesson you need to learn today. And one day you're going to look back and go, man, that old-fashioned man, what was his name? I can't even believe he was talking about money in my life. But you're going on in your life to make money. That's what you're going out to do. You're going to learn a skill set to give you a future. You get 10 bucks, give a dollar to God. A dollar of that belongs to Jesus. You honor him, he honors you. You make 100, guess how much that is? 100 is 10 bucks. You make 100,000, 10,000. You make a million, which I hope you do, and you remember Calvary Baptist Church, right? A hundred thousand. You're a billionaire. You're not too big to honor Jesus. I know people in this church, in this church, who are so faithful to honor God in their lives that they outgave the president of our country and the vice president in charitable giving this past year. I'm talking about people who honor God. Now, I'm not worried about the president and the vice president. I'm giving you a principle. You want to be blessed in a way that God blesses you because he's with you. Always, wherever you go. Then you will learn. Serve him with what you have. Seek him by being in the house of God. Remember him along the journey. Don't leave him out of your success. And when you arrive each step of the way, climbing that ladder and more good things happen for you, honor God first. By giving back to the one, listen very closely, who knows exactly where you're going and is already determined that he's going to give you things even today that you don't even know. Honor him and you will be on your way to having the kind of future that you really can believe in. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you today not only for our graduates, but I thank you today for this church, for these people, for each and every one of us together as a family. There's something in this story of Jacob for every one of us to remember that you are the kind of God that has a good future for all of us. 
It is a future worth believing in. Along the way with ups and downs, victories and disappointments, you will always be there when we serve you, seek you, remember you, and honor you. I pray you will drive these words home in the lives of these graduates, in our lives as a family of faith here at Calvary, and for all those who are with us today. We thank you that this is true because of who you are, God. We thank you for your grace, mercy, and salvation, and second chances, and third chances, and fourth chances because of Jesus. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will speak and guide each of our paths as we continue to climb this ladder towards you. In Jesus' name, amen. Is that helpful? It's helpful, isn't it? You know, I must really love you as a pastor if I'm willing to make sure that even in starting a new series, I'm going to write something that's going to help you. And I know where a lot of you, you come from. I know your families. We love you as a church. We're very proud. Moms and dads, family of faith, why don't we give one more hand to these graduates today? And then also, don't miss what God would say to you. Because it's not just for them, it's for us, right? It's for me, right? It's for you, right? It's for all of us. Don't miss what God would say to you about achieving and hoping for the kind of future that we can believe in because we know that he's with us. Don't forget today to make sure you get your ticket, make your reservation for your family, your friends, for a crawfish boil open house. Don't forget next Sunday is Mother's Day. Another day to celebrate here at Calvary. There's a lot of life-giving moments that we are achieving together, and I'm grateful. So make sure you're in church next week. Be in the house of God, Bethel. Got it? Be in church in a couple of weeks. Commit to a family of faith that stands beside you, that points together toward the Lord. Make sure you're achieving these things. And don't forget that it is God who is on the side of all of those seek him serve him remember him and honor him and i'm so grateful for you today 